Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now the second episode of Miss Marvel. I'm feeling marvelous today. I'm Alex. I'm Justin, and I'm feeling Mrs. today. <laughs> hey, I'm Pete. And we are, as mentioned, going to be talking about the second episode of Miss Marvel, which is live on Disney Plus now. So if you haven't checked it out, go watch it because we're going to spoil it. But brief overview here: Kamala, Kamala, excuse me, is uh, has powers now thanks to this bangle. We found out over the course of the episode that the powers are only seemingly activated by the bangle; they're actually inside of her as she trains inside with Bruno. Of her inside of her the whole time she trains with bruno who clearly is crushing pretty hard on her particularly when a new hot guy shows up in town oh. steps out of the pool at a party he's being Just. pretty hot takes her on a hot, hot date not stop hot not stop hot. hot guy in a hot car and by the end of the episode at an eid party she ends up rescuing a kid kind of poorly, but at least yeah, practices yeah, using fails. her powers. Damage control comes after her, and the hot guy rescues her, and it turns out he is more connected to this than anyone could have suspected. Now, before we yeah. get into this episode, though, I did want to talk to Pete, because Pete, Justin, and I talked... Hi, Pete. Uh, Justin Pete. and I talked about the first episode, gave our general impressions about the show. Uh, curious, now that we're two episodes in... What are you thinking about it so far? How are you and feeling? Tr- truly, I'm sure you like listened to that episode and really took in our opinions and took under consideration what your two co-hosts and life partners, let's call it what it is, <laughs> thought. Uh, so please, definitely just synthesize all that into your uh, take. Cool. Yeah, I thought it's a fun show. You know what I mean? Like, I like the pace of it. I like, uh, I don't know if you guys talked about this, but some really great shots, uh, mm-hmm. some beautiful kind of like shot structure stuff. I uh, love the use of animation to kind of, uh, uh, you know, show uh, the character and, and what she's about. And uh, I, yeah, I, uh, I also love the use of music um, and uh, creative ways to use emojis. You know, I don't mean to sound like an old guy, but uh, you're just trying out emojis yourself, right? Or well, sorry, emotions. You're trying out emotions. <laughs> emotions. Yeah, that's different. That's different. Um, it's a gateway. Emojis are a gateway to emotions. <laughs> let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, but yeah, I uh, I was really impressed with the first step. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I also was glad that even if it was the end credits that the, you know, the artist who did that comic that uh, got so much hype uh, kind of got some shout outs and stuff. And I hope Marvel is like, uh, you know, uh, sending checks to the the people who helped uh, make this, you know, who started with the comic book and now is a TV show. Uh, I did want to mention can we take it back actually to the opening logo? Talk a little bit about the old Marvel flip. The Marvel flip. Oh my God. Thank I you. I legitimately 
wanted to talk to you about this last episode that you weren't here, Pete, because since you've been going on rants about this nonstop, on, not just on our Marvel podcast, but every podcast that we do. And uh, on, your bu- on the buses, subways, yeah, uh, they have at the, the bank trolleys. at the beginning. Like, it starts with the comics, and then it moves into the live-action characters. So I don't know what you're getting upset about when you're like, they got to pay tribute to the comics. They're literally saying in the logo, this is where it all comes from. Well, well, first off, back up the truck a second, okay? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do agree with you that the Marvel flip should be focused more on the comics, (laughs) not so much the movies. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad (laughs) you brought that up. But I'm talking about the Miss Marvel artists, the team that kind of, uh, you know, at the end credits, we get some animations and stuff pulled straight from the comic right. book. And uh, yeah, and I want kind of a little bit uh, uh, more of that, uh, because that way, hopefully people will see this on the show and be like, oh, my God, that is so cool. Uh, I want to see if the comic book is like that. Holy shit, it is. Oh, man, great. I feel like I'm welcome into this world, not treated like they're separate things that so, never occur. You're saying so quick. more people read the comics is what you're yeah. hoping. Yeah. So real quick, the artist is Adriana Alfana. Uh, the writer is G. Willow Wilson, who's certainly been getting a nice oh, yeah. shine up in all the press and everything, which is great, as yeah. well as Sana Aminat, who is the editor who worked on the book. But is that the art from Adrian? Alfana? Uh, I'm just not sure, honestly. So. Well, I think it's a mix of a bunch of just great Miss Marvel okay. pieces. I, I, but definitely admit, some cover... My, that was my impression. I haven't done the research, but that was my, my takeaway. Some definitely uh, grab some covers and stuff like that. Yeah, like that that's whole what I'm kind mm-hmm. of like, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so you hope that uh, Marvel sent some checks to uh, some yeah, artists and some If crit- they're using their direct images, then yeah, they will. Uh, and that's why it, it, I'm hoping it's a nice pastiche of a bunch of different um, artists. So it's sort of like, shout out to all the people that made this book popular and made this show um, because uh, possible. Yeah, the comic was great. And it was such a, uh, a phenomenon and such a great thing uh, for this character and a great spotlight. And, you know, the uh, artist is a huge part of that. Uh, for this character coming to life. So it's nice to see a little bit more shine on them. Well, I think they've definitely been doing a good job across the board in these first two episodes of making it feel very comic booky. I think the thing that I yes. called out with the first episode is an extension of Spider-Man Homecoming, but that also was really calling on comics, calling on animation as well. So, yes, it's very fun. The big thing that I wanted to kick it off talking about here, though, is something that Justin and I touched on in the last episode, is how awesomely clumsy Kamala is in the episode. I continue to love this. Like, I know this is part of the training montage. I know we're going to get probably a moment where she's going to do some cool superhero stuff by the end. But all of the things throughout this episode, when she's training with Bruno and even when she gets the skills, she's still a regular human being. Like I love the moment when she creates the big fist accidentally and it falls down and drags yeah. her down. And Bruno's like, so no super strength, yeah. which I thought was great. I think that's a really yeah, fun. nice detail to throw in there. Agreed. Great. Well, Moving and- on. <laughs> Fully on board. Ratified. Uh, next, new business. Uh, no, I, I, I agree with you. Like, they're true to the character. I mean, it extends into sort of all portions of the show. Like, she, we get a whole, like, uh, karaoke slash lip sync sequence when she, like, uh, sees um, Hawkeye, Cameron, 
Um, and like she, we get to feel her sort of across the board. She gets to be goofy. She gets to be sort of big. She gets to be um, embarrassed at points. She gets to mess up all the time. She truly is uh, embodying the spirit of Jersey City by being like likable, but also fucks up a lot. You know? Also, you know, <laughs> like a lot of people from New Jersey, they like to bring up Jersey a lot. So I'm glad that that is a character trait that's uh, coming through. Also, a lot of shout outs to Bon Jovi. Love all the joke. Jo- the bon weird Jovi thing love. to me, though, just while we're talking about the Jersey thing, she hasn't talked about how accessible it is from New York City to me uh, yet. And that feels like that doesn't really track because that's another thing they do all the yeah. time. They're like, it's really not that far. It's not. It's basically yeah. the city. You definitely need to talk about how you can drink a full 40 in the uh, New Jersey transit terminal and then get on the train and scream as loud as you want. We got to definitely Hell bring yeah. that. The, sort of a huge part of the uh, the lifestyle. Culture, there. the culture, culture. That's the culture, word I'm looking yes. for. Yes. And the fact that there's um, a different St. Patty's Day, or maybe that's Hackensack. That might be Hackensack. Yeah. Don't, Don't let me get mess them up my, very not, my Jersey nonsense. Yeah. They Again, are very, different. They are different cultures. Uh, I'm going to keep yeah. using that word. It's new to me. I just looked it up today. Yeah. Um, when it comes to exploring new cultures, definitely Jersey City is the one that this show wants to emphasize. <laughs> well, that, yes. I, I mean, to that point, I also thought they did a great job here of continuing to show off a middle, uh, sorry, Muslim American culture, yeah, um, no. which I thought was awesome. I loved not having... So, okay, this is kind of a two-part thing. But last episode, we talked a little bit. I was surprised that we got into school and everybody was like pretty even like the bully wasn't really a bully yeah uh kamala wasn't you know she's kind of a nerd but like she's not an ostracized nerd. like it's not that high school tropes you expect but you did get it when they go to the eid party and they show off all the different groups like they're showing off the different groups <sighs> in the lunchroom i loved that i thought that was so it was like the warriors except for yeah. um just like a big party in jersey city like i thought that was so fun the- and it it reminded me of and the mosque yeah, bros illuminantes like the, yeah. i was more excited about i thought that was a better use of the term than the illuminati in uh <laughs> dr strange yeah they should have had dr strange pop in and be like the illuminantes yeah, yeah. Exactly. come on Auntie and aunties yeah, just a nice correction there yeah um but I, I agree let me just while we're talking about it like the way that they're um uh, uh, showing uh, Kamala and her her family and just the larger Muslim culture there without being like walking us into it as if we have to explain everything, I think is uh, so nice, so refreshing, so smart. It, it just is, it's a much just like we get it. We don't need to, you don't need to over explain it because that's insulting to everyone. It's insulting right. to um, the people, the fans of the book. It's insulting to people who uh, are are fans of uh, everything top to bottom in this show. And it, 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 I'm so happy the way they did it. Over explaining is what podcasts are for. That's exactly oh, that's what we're doing. Boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. I, it's come true. On. <laughs> come on. Uh, don't take away our fun. Never. I would never do that. Uh, I really love that sequence. Now, uh, we didn't get too much of Nakia in the last episode, and we do get to see her show off her stuff here as she goes around. She campaigns. Really liked her interacting with Kamala's dad. Oh, man. I thought that was a really good relationship. What did you think about that, Pete? That was just hilarious because it was uh, such a uh, kind of... (laughs) showed her range as far as like the fact that she's super nice but also is can be very persuading and the fact that like 
the dad went from being like, no way, you know, he's my friend uh, and to like, oh, my God, I have to do this now it was such a uh, yeah, I thought it was a great uh, a way to show us, uh, not tell us like with these characters and how they handle each other. I mean, the dad in general has been such a fun delight and uh, used uh, very well. So I've been really impressed with the casting. Can we talk about damage control a little bit and how they're used here? Justin, you brought up the last episode that you felt like there needed to be an antagonist. They're clearly being set up that way here. How do you feel about that? Did uh, you... But I don't, I, I yes, I, I just, I feel like they are sort of like on the case, but I can't, they're not a big bad. I feel like, I think they're like, they're that secondary thing that you have to sort of shake off in the midst of your hero's journey. When you go, you're facing your sort of, major threat um but i mean i think we could talk in a larger sense like what is this show sort of aiming at we get a lot more information about or clues about the bracelet um and sort of what the way it works it sort of it messes up her rescue of the kid uh, I wanted falling to, off the tower i want to quickly go back talk real quick about the damage control did you guys talk about Aryan? Uh, and uh, and the fact that he's an old school pit dude and like no we did not bring that up I forgot. oh yeah that was uh, it's fun to see him in this he's uh, done a lot of great stuff but yeah just original... to clarify for people who don't actually know us uh, when Pete <laughs> says the pit he's talking about we all met in a fighting pit we mm -hmm. were trapped yeah. there for years had to fight, had to fight our, way, our out. way out yeah yeah exactly and he was there as well no i'm kidding it's a theater called the people's improv theater that uh, we all did a comic book club our live talk show we did that there um we all performed individually there doing other things as well and yeah our, now Arian, he's, uh, now he's uh, the guy. old school improviser yeah and also uh uh worked at the, the theater as well and i used to talk with him a lot uh about uh, uh, pursuing uh, dreams and, uh, uh, you know, trying to get stage time and stuff. So it's nice to see him really blowing up and uh, funny to kind of see him in this as far as. Did he, uh, when he was talking about his dreams, did he say secondary antagonist on a Disney plus show? Exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. Ex he, called he coined it. the term. He coined yeah, the term Disney exactly. plus. He did the Babe Ruth pointing thing. Yeah. yeah. He goes, next time you see me, man, it's going to be on your television. And I'm going to play one of your, uh, I wouldn't say least favorite characters, but, you know, I'm going to be there in the mix. <laughs> wow. Least favorite characters. I already oh called it. Oof. Hardcore. You're just saying because you don't like what he's doing to our hero. Exactly. Yeah, Not, exactly. Okay, the quality. Yeah. You don't like character. damage to be controlled. You like damage to be loose, free. That's right. Yeah. Chaos. Mm -hmm. Um. But uh, going back to talking about the bracelet, it feels like um, we get some reveals here. Uh, it seems to be like we sort of talked about last episode, uh, going deep into the uh, ancestral history of Kamala's family. Um, it made me wonder, are we getting toward an Eternals connection here? Oh, hmm. Interesting. We maybe it doesn't feel like it connects with Eternals to me yet. I will i'll throw two things out at you that were that i was struck by by this episode first like we were talking about previously i still kind of think this is going to very specifically set up the marvels we're going to find out the bangle has a kree connection or one of the alien races in the marvel universe mm -hmm. that's how she's actually going to come into contact with captain marvel who's going to be that like explains the color help yeah exactly yeah. something like that um so that's a possibility the other thing that occurred to me about this though is it felt like 
with the glowing and the signal that seems to be calling to another place, that reminded me of that dangling plot point from the end credit scene in Shang-Chi, where mm-hmm. his rings also had a signal that was activated. So I wonder... I don't think there's a connection there because we haven't heard anything about like Shang-Chi in the Marvels or anything like that, but there's a possibility. Maybe there's some bigger story they're setting up with these different artifacts, the bangle, the rings, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the, uh, in the comics, um, uh, Kamala's an inhuman technically, Mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. So that, that is, uh, sort of orbiting in these different ideas. And I guess it depends on what, what we're going forward with. I thought Eternals because that's a movie that came out very recently. It feels like they're going to want to incorporate that somehow into the larger MCU. And right now the movie feels weirdly orphaned. It was Mm -hmm. like, Hey, this movie happened. Don't ever talk about it anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's when, the smart move. Let's just not talk about it. It's the smart move for us as viewers and fans. But I think the MCU planning office has to be like, everything we do is a meticulous chess move toward our final, um, I, I don't know if you've used the this term, end game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but so like, it does feel like Dr. <laughs> Kevin Strange. Kevin Feige is sitting, sitting in his office planning his exit strategy. Being like, yeah. Right, how many movies until I'm out of here? My God. Yeah, one day they're going to open the door to his office and it's just going to be a uh, window open, empty seat, long <laughs> oh, bunch of smart. sheets, bunch of sheets going out the Jesus. window. No, just a, no, just a baseball cap that has an X-Men logo on it sitting there on his desk and that's <laughs> yeah. it. It's going to no, it's going to be like Ferris Bueller, just like a bunch of like uh, mannequins <laughs> moving in its place. And they're going to oh, be wow. like, maybe that's already that's why Charles certainly, Turtles certainly explains the quality of Phase 4, I would say. Wow. Oh, come on. What a burn. Mm-hmm. Not necessary, Alex. Yep. All right. Well, what, what I want to talk about when it comes to the bracelet is the mom connection to it. So, like, talked about this uh, story, this curse, and, uh, you know, all these things that happened. But mom seems to know something about the bracelet in a way that doesn't make sense to me because she's not like, she's like, you know, like uh, you got to be this good person. You can't do anything fun. Don't be this person who's, you know, cosmic and in the clouds, which was a fun kind of like choice for her to make and a fun kind of like start to it all. But I think that it's like, what I don't understand is why, if she knows there's like powers or something connected to it, why is she trying to keep it from her and stuff like that? Well, I, I think there's a couple of reasons. Again, we talked about this a little bit. I know you listened to the last episode, but you we already talked about how hard Pete listened to the last. <laughs> but there's a possibility that she rejected this power like she knew about it and rejected it because it was too much for whatever reason. It's also possible she might just know the story that we heard that there was like black yeah. sheep. This is a thing that's passed down. We find out this episode that, by the way, it's not a bracelet. It's a bangle. That's what okay. it's called. I, I hear you using that term a lot. I, I got mm-hmm. you. It's a bangle. Um, like it's, the bangles more... walk like an Egyptian. You know what I'm oh, talking about. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because I have a bangle larger than a bracelet, you're saying. Oh, my age is showing. You said you were scared about talking about emojis, Pete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> scared. That's right. He gave us a scary emoji face. Yeah. <laughs> In any case, that doesn't work on an audio podcast. And giant work crying, on a giant tear yeah. podcast either. Um, what I was going to say about that, I think the interesting wrinkle here is we find out it isn't Hernani who the bangle came from. It's actually another relative. Was it her great aunt? Is that who it is? Um, Aisha. 
is yes. her name. Uh, so here's my question. Is that the same person she's seeing in the vision who also shows up at the end? No, that's the mom of the hot guy. Right. Hot guy's mom. But is that the same person? No. It doesn't make sense age-wise, no. I think. So I didn't think that, but I did think that was it is the same woman from the vision, though. Right. Right. So that's... So I think maybe there's a possibility there. I don't know. I mean, I think, like... You're saying if she was some sort of eternal. Yes, something like that. Or all, perhaps all a vampire, is... and that's how they're going to bring in Blade. Wow. Oh, wow. that'd be oh, a what? surprise. Dude, don't tease me like that. All right, first off... Should if... I just say Mephisto right now? I oh, guess yeah. it's time for us I to say Mephisto. she's Mephisto, yes. Uh, if there was a magical bangle that was in the family, I just feel like people are being a little too casual about it. You know what I mean? I I guess. Well, <laughs> well that, that's why I feel like they don't know. It feels like something that, uh, and we also learned that the power the mom comes does know. from Kamala. She knows that it's, she knows not to, she's, that she doesn't want a part of it, but I don't know if she knows what it is and what it does and how it channels, I guess, the power that it exists within Kamala. So I, it feels like, especially the way that her phone call with her nani goes, it sort of is like, the nani's not like, Oh, this is serious. She's like, um, yeah, I remember where I got that. It's like when you ask an older relative where they got like a chair in their house, and they're like, I don't know, um, an Amish yard sale that I traveled past or something. Um, so it, I, I feel like they don't have knowledge of it. It seems like you know she was trying to cover for the mom a little bit. She was like, oh, your mom would get upset if I told you this story, so I'm not gonna. Yeah, I, I, there's more there, right? Like yeah. the things that the show is doing right now to talk about the antagonist or like overarching plot things. One is the mystery of this bangle and where it comes from and how it ties to Kamala's history. Does it tie into her mom? I think that's an open question. Like we'll, we're definitely going to find out in some fashion. And then the other one, at least right now, seems to be damage control going after her. But like you said, Justin, that doesn't seem like a long-term we're building to a big battle with damage control in the sixth episode yeah. type thing. You know, let me just throw out there that it feels like, um, Cameron and her and his mom, right. Are right. perhaps, uh, going to ent enter the antagonist for Oh, here. well in the comics, the, the hot boyfriend is evil. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm worried about that coming true in the TV show because it's and in like... real life just mentioning to all you ladies out there if you have a hot boyfriend uh, he's evil come on over here can't trust what <laughs> what you can't trust the hot. I'm doing a bit calm okay. down. it's like um, we used to do in the pit when we were fighting for our lives yeah you know yep. yeah our I bit do. battles the yeah. bit bit <laughs> Um, yeah, by the way, for I, those of you who don't understand the comedy turn, when we say uh, a bit we're talking about, they would release dogs in there and they would bite us and then the guards would laugh. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what called a bit doing is. a bit is when you get uh, bit by a dog. I'm glad you explained <laughs> it because I thought you were talking about 8-bit, so I was always a little mm, confused. Yeah. Very well, good. and speaking of that, um, quick shout out to, it, it feels like the way they're using a lot of graphics and stuff here is sort of the promise of Scott Pilgrim paid off in a more like restrained understanding way. Hmm. Like it feels like a more earned comic book use of uh, comic book style graphics, um, 8-bit, some um, like social media, TikTok, Instagram stuff here. Like I feel like they're doing a good job of just 
uh, doling it out in a way that that emphasizes the action without overtaking it. I mean, that does bring up a good point. I mean, what do you think? Do you think you can Insta in a church setting or do you feel like that's going too oh, far? I comfortable talking about Insta, just dropping that now. You've grown up a lot over yeah. the course of this podcast, Pete. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Dave Pete's a micro-influencer. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, sorry. He's a micro-machines user. I, that's what yes. I meant. Well, like Justin was saying earlier, I think just presenting what's going on in a mosque and just presenting it as another thing, like... Again, I know we're over explaining it here on our podcast, but on any other show, if a bunch of characters went into church and had a scene in a church exactly like that, you would not blink an eye. But because it's in a mosque, I think people are like, well, what's happening? What's going on here? But again, they are just presenting this. This is part of what happens. You're dodging my question. What is your question? Can you insta? Yeah. In a church setting, you think it's okay? Here's my question. Is it going on stories or your feed? Is it going on the grid or is it going in stories? What's yeah, going on? Because uh, deities are on grid, but stories, anything goes. Yeah. All right. Okay. I think you can post to your Finsta. Would you agree, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, I, I, well, that's what, speaking personally, I think you can Insta anywhere. Wow. I think really? you can Insta anywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Live if your the, life online, you know, that's the like, real church. Let me, if, let me ask you this. This is just a hypothetical question. If you could go back in time, would you insta baby Hitler? <laughs> uh, mm, interesting. Wait, you mean like grab a grab a pick and then come back and fold? Yeah, like a baby Hitler Give like the two, yeah, yeah, give a little peace sign or something like that. Maybe that would influence him in some way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> influence him. Retroactively. Like, I hey, mean, that's what influencer means, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing is like uh, a lot of people talk about how if he was a more successful painter, he wouldn't have become uh, a, uh, a butcher of a genocidal uh, hum- human uh, problem for all. You of really us. think it was uh, <laughs> it was painting or everybody else dies like that was it for him? Well, uh, well I'm just saying, I don't know what would have happened. That's yeah. what I'm saying. If he had been able yeah. to turn from painting to Instagram, maybe he would have just been a regular dork. Yeah, but if he was on Twitter, he would have been worse. Absolutely. TikTok, it's a toss up. <laughs> anyway, I think people turn tuned into this podcast to hear about Miss Marvel. I'm not 100 percent sure, but just all get, useful information. Just to get back to it, another character that I thought was very fun, uh, not used a ton in this episode, but I like the scenes that she was in was was Zoe. Uh, yeah. I liked the thing where. She is using it as a as uh, an influencer. She is turning it to her favor. Names the character Nightlight, which is very cute and fun. Very sort of fun. A little bit of a shout out to Night Monkey, maybe over in Spider Man Far From Home, and then the yeah. thing where she's questioned by Damage Control. I thought was a very fun scene as well. Yeah, uh, I like I like her because, like to your point, but from from last episode, it was like, oh, she's the bad guy. She's a, a bully, and it's like, oh no, she's not. And now she's just like sort of a regular uh, annoying person. She's not even a bad person. She's just regular annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as shout outs to uh, great moments, I really love the uh, principal in this episode. Uh, was really funny doing the whole Meryl Streep bit. I mean, that was just, it was fun times. You're talking about with the guy talking to Bruno, like the, uh, the Mr. Wilson. Mr. Yeah, Wilson, he, yeah. He's the guidance, guidance counselor. counselor. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. Guidance counselors can be principals too. I don't know how schools work. The uh, one other scene that I wanted to call out that 
I liked in isolation, but it bothered me in a weird way based on a conversation we had on the first podcast was the scene where uh, Kamala goes, her nose starts glowing and she goes to the bathroom, Nakia hands her a tampon, her hands start glowing, and then they kind of like move on. They talk a little bit about changes and move on from there. In the last podcast, we talked a little bit about how the original intention of the powers was to be a puberty metaphor. And I think, again, in isolation, this scene really worked. But it bothered me a little bit that it was just that scene and doesn't seem applicable to anything else that's going on right now. Well, but I, I think it's um, it shows the lack of control that she has. And I, I also I, I agree with you. I think it was specifically put there to push the metaphor and it wasn't connected with everything else. Um but I, I, I think it still works because that metaphor works. Like, mm-hmm. even though the powers aren't connected to her body directly, I think the way that the powers are being shown and used is meant to be that way. It's just different than what our expectation was. Yeah. Um, but, but I did want to talk about the powers a little bit. I feel like I actually really like them. I know some people are wish that she, they were the comics, the, the powers are more uh, linked to the comic book use of her powers. But I like that it's very video game y in a smart mm-hmm. way. Um, and it also reminds me a lot of Jessica Jones uh, mm. from the comics when she okay. was in her initial uh, drink ad phase where she uh, was just drinking a lot. No. So, but back before she became Jessica Jones, she was um, Jewel. She had Jewel, Jewel. She had a power set and it was sort of like, like Kamala's power set here. She could sort of step up through the air and do all these different things. Hmm. So I thought that was sort of a, it struck me when her, most of her powers used in this episode were very much like, I can step up through the air. Mm-hmm. I I liked it as well. I had forgotten about that Jessica Jones bit, but I think you're absolutely right on the money there. The, the very simple thing of like seeing a platformer that Bruno is playing and applying that, uh, very smart. And I also really like the powers now. I think the way they executed it with the Rex you scene and the fact, like, as I mentioned earlier, that she screws it up was great. Love the superhero pose in the middle there, her landing that. Yeah, that was yeah. super fun. Um, just good stuff. And, well, yeah. Go ahead. Something we got to uh, talk about a serious question. Ice cream pizza. Mm. I mean, where do you guys stand on that? So... No. <laughs> yeah, just are no, no. What do you mean? You can't, no. have, you can't have everything fun all at once. This is something I talk about all the time with my children. You can't have everything all the time. Enjoy no, it's your a special just... treat. It's just every every once in a while. Have you had it, Pete? No, but I definitely would like uh, try it. It would be interesting. Scoop of ice cream. Are you one of those people? Don't they serve this in upstate New York? Uh, cold pizza or whatever it is, cold cheese pizza, where it's like a, a pile of cold shredded cheese on top of hot pizza. I don't know. It seems weird, but I'm um, just that's saying weird, but they're both dairy, Pete. They're both cold dairy. It's the same thing. I don't know. I'm just saying <laughs> I would both I, dairy. I don't know they're how I would do dairy, it. I think maybe Pete. I would dip the ice cream or dip the pizza in the ice cream a little bit and mm-hmm. try it. I don't know if like a whole scoop on there. It seems a little crazy. Let me just throw this out, Pete. If I walked into your uh, apartment and you were mm-hmm. di- casually dipping pizza in a bowl of melted ice cream, I'd be like, dude. <laughs> What's wrong? What's going on here? You're clearly like at the end of some sort of rope. If this is a normal feeding situation you're going through here. Oh man. Without you know, reference, tough, I'd be like, if you have a tough week, maybe you dip some ice cream. You know what I mean? 
well, I'm already at rock bottom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what. That should be called the rock bottom. That is my take. That should be a dish that you could order at a restaurant and be like, I'll have one rock bottom. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds pretty gross to me, and I'll try a lot of stuff. But yeah, I will say Van Leeuwen, the ice cream company, made a pizza-flavored ice cream which I haven't tried because it's only available at Walmart. And the only Walmart that is near to us is in Jersey City. Oh. Come so on. there you go. Tie-in right there, I guess. The official Miss Marvel tour. Yeah. Um, I love that discussion, though. I thought that was so fun. Her trying to talk him down, immediately going into hero mode, and him coming up with something absolutely horrible and it throwing her a little bit. That whole scene was a blast. I had a really good time watching that. Agreed. Agreed. Very fun. Other moments from the episode. Oh, one big thing we should probably actually talk about is the love triangle that's burgeoning Uh here. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. We got to talk about Bruno. Yeah. But also, I just wanted to talk about, like, do you think maybe that kid deserved to to die? Because he was, like, taking a selfie out a window. (laughs) You know what I mean? And... uh, Here's what the are you thing. doing, kid? The, the thing that they didn't explain properly, and this is if you watch the deleted scenes, you can see baby Hitler is in an apartment across the street <laughs> and he's trying to take the selfie. Take it a shot. With baby Hitler. Yeah, yeah no. that's the thing. Everyone talks about traveling back in time to um, kill baby Hitler, but what if baby Hitler's the time? <laughs> no one talks about that. Yeah. That's really... the real thing we got to figure out. Because if he's traveling through time, then we get just got it's a chase. Uh, that's a there's a million dollar movie idea. Take it home with it. Well, what's um, crazy is when you see Baby Hitler for the first time, it's weird because it's like the mustache isn't so small. He like grows into it, which people don't realize. Oh, it stays it's like the a same. full stash. So, yeah, that's right. Same size. Okay, he's born with the full stash, and then when he grows, oh, it wow, kind of yeah, yeah, it shrinks. Yeah, it just looks smaller. Like, right, exactly. Yeah, because it, oh wow, that, that's, that's, that's a take. A lot of surprising takes about this. Uh, Wait, are you sure? Because I always heard that he had a baby mustache that fell out off at around like two or three, and then he got yeah. his adult mustache. Yeah, hmm. the adult mustache goes in. Uh, I don't know. I guess. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that should be our full-on transition uh, yeah. constantly. I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> let me say um, I was I had very Game of Thrones vibes. Season one Game of Thrones when that kid was in that tower. Um, oh, anybody yeah. else? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, when they threw that kid out a window. Yeah. So it makes me think maybe he's the three eyed crow. Mm, he's going to be king by the end of that. <laughs> they go through six episodes of the other like, well, you're king, kid. <laughs> <laughs> unrelated uh, can we talk about this love triangle yes, real yeah. quick i'm here? really so, worried yes. about it because i don't want her to uh you know it was fun to see her like kind of in love and that whole song and kind of musical number that broke out it was super adorable but this guy is bad news and bruno is is the real love of her life and i'm i'm worried that she's gonna brush past it I do really like how, and this is classic rom-com fashion, but how they're playing it with having this new guy come in. We had like a little touch of, oh, maybe Bruno and Kamala have feelings for each other in the first episode. That was an almost kiss. There was an almost kiss. But otherwise, you don't really get a sense that like Bruno feels proprietary about her or anything until this dude comes in. And I think that immediately is amps up his feelings to like, no, wait, I love her. 
I can't leave town because of her. And that really amps up the stakes nicely. Let me throw this. Is he perhaps an antagonist? Bruno. Bruno? Get out of here with that I'm talk. spitballing. Come on. If he's feeling jilted, he's got some tech savvy. How dare you? He's been the best friend since day one, bro. He could be. I mean, we could see a scenario where he goes a little nuts about something and does the wrong thing. And maybe uh, this new dude, the new hot dude, seems like he's bad, but is actually not, you know? so Bad boys are sometimes make me feel mm-hmm. so good, you know? No, no. That's true. Nope. The So I guess we'll have to see what happens. Obviously, there's a big twist here at the end of the episode. Team Bruno. Um, yeah, Team Bruno, I think. But we'll see what happens. With that. That's very nice. Any other moments from the episode you guys want to call out? Anything else? Uh, I wanted to shout out. Um, I really love the family dinner scene um, yeah. with Kamala and her family. Uh, they're such a sweet family. They really like love each other. You, and they show it on screen, which I think is cool. I love the hot topic phase. They talk about with their bro. I thought it was super funny. So that scene was great. I continue to love the brother too. His yeah. scene when he comes in on the date with his fiance, and his fiance knows exactly what's going on, and he's completely oblivious about it. Very nice, very fun as well. Great. All right, before we wrap up here, let's go to the vision board and talk about what we want coming up in episode three of Miss Marvel. Pete, what's on your vision board? Well, first off, um, you know we got to get to uh, you know the whole unfolding of this curse and the kind of like the story behind uh, this knot bracelet. Uh, and also, you know, I don't know what uh, Bruno's going to do. You know, it's a heck of an opportunity to go to California like that. Uh, but I don't want him to leave the love of his life, but I want him to have a bright future. So I don't know, you know, well, what's you're really happen. buying into the Bruno subplot hard. <laughs> well, we got ourselves a Bruno on our own. Justin, what about you? What's on your vision board? Looking forward to some follow-up on the New Jersey Prince um, and whether, if Living on a Prayer really will stand as their... Uh, and do you wedding. think Bon Jovi's going to have a cameo and like play during the wedding and stuff? I mean, How could yeah, you I not? think the Bon Jovi wedding? wanders around New Jersey playing at random people's weddings. Okay. Yeah. I saw him at that Walmart when I was picking up the pizza ice cream. Yeah, that Walmart that you go to. Yep, that one in Jersey City. I want a villain that's the main thing here or just like clarity in terms of the villain like if the only thing we're going to do in this show is damage control going after her and mystery of the bangle that's totally fine but it does feel like we have been trained with marvel shows to expect a villain to come in so i don't want to go until episode five or six like we've been doing with some of these other marvel series before the big bad is revealed if there is one Bring it on. Let's get to it. Let's uh, kick this thing into high gear uh, because she's gone through the training sequences. She's got her powers. We need to get to the next step. Wow. She's not good at her powers yet. No. And so I feel like this series or this season feels like it's um, going to be aiming at her becoming a hero uh, by yeah. the end of it. And um, that I'm fine with that, but I agree with you. She still needs to overcome some sort of uh, villain or antagonist in some capacity here. Yeah. And if you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love 
to chat with you about Miss Marvel. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. I'm entering my hot topic phase right now. Is that cool? <laughs>